and welcome to another episode of Explode Your Expert Business Show. Uh, this is the show for coaches, speakers, uh, and trainers uh, who want to grow their businesses by making an impact in the world. My name is Simone Vincenzi and I'm your host. And uh, today we have an incredible special guest that many of you might be uh, already familiar with. In particular, if you are, if you've been following uh, the internet marketing world for a while. But before we introduce the guest that we have today, then uh, I want to remind you about our publicity database. So if you want to get known in your industry and uh, you want to stand out from the crowd, um, writing for publications, getting interviewed on podcasts is one of the best ways that, uh, uh, that, that you can implement to cut through the noise. But creating a database of connection, it takes time, energy, effort, and uh, let's be honest, I know very few people in the world who love and enjoy creating databases. So we have created one for you. Uh, we have more than 700 publications uh, and podcasts that you can reach out to, all divided by different niches. Then you can uh, target uh, You can target them. You have the templates, uh, you have resources to help you pitch in the right way as well. So if you want to get access to it, make sure you scroll down and check the link below uh, and get our publicity bundle um, straight away. Now, it is time to introduce our guest for the day. Today, we have the one and only Todd Brown, which is one of the most sought-after marketing experts uh, other experts go to when they need help with their own business. Uh, he has clients in over 64 different countries, operating in over 71 different mass and niche markets, and he has helped his students engineer more than six- and seven-figure marketing campaigns than any other expert online today. Uh, so you're going in, you're in for a treat because we are talking about how to bring predictability into the customer acquisition process. So instead of uh, going up and down, up and down, up and down and uh, not having a clear strategy, uh, what you're going to learn from Todd is going to be mind-blowing uh, and it's a very different way to approach uh, lead generation and client acquisition and uh, I'm really excited that uh, you're going to be exposed to this kind of information. If you enjoyed the interview, make sure you subscribe to the show and also leave us a review at the end and uh, let us know what you enjoyed. Um, Todd uh, also um, is giving away his book for free, which is the E5 method. Uh, if you then scroll down and check out also Todd's resources, then you can find them here as well in the show notes. Um, having said that, enjoy the show. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the one and only Todd Brown. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Explode Your Expert Business Show. And today I'm here with the one and only, the legend, Todd Brown. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great, man. When you said the, the, the one and only, the legend, I was like, oh, who else is on here with me? Uh, <laughs> is there another guest on here with me? <laughs> just you and your bookshelf. So <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I think it's the the two things that are 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 legendary are the bookshelf and the beard. Other than that, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure much else. That's pretty legendary, actually. Uh, I always like to start with a with a bit of a weird question. That's that's how I like to start my episodes. I'm talking about the beard. How long did it take you to grow it to this way? And how do you take care of it? Oh my gosh! So. It originally started, I, I think a few years ago, there was, what is it like no shave November. And so I decided I, I wasn't going to shave. I didn't have a beard or anything like that. Uh, typically had no facial hair, started letting it grow in, grew a, 
um, a goatee and then just let it go from there. And I, you know, I think I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. It, it grew in fairly quickly, handful of months and it was pretty, um, pretty thick. And I've just left it, uh, ever since in terms of taking care of it. So there are really only two things that, that I do every now and then I'll trim it cause it can kind of get wild and wacky. And every day I use like a conditioner. I put like a little con- a beard conditioner in it and, mm-hmm. and a, and a brush just to keep it. Cause if I don't, it'll get really wild and, and crazy. Other than that, uh, not much else. Pretty, pretty straightforward process. Uh, I've tried, I've tried, but I, you know, when there is that part in between, between a, like a well-groomed beard. Yeah. And then you have this thing <laughs> that you can just describe it as thing. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be willing to go through. It's kind of funny because it, it's almost very similar to being an entrepreneur, a lot of areas of life really where you got to be willing to go through that that middle area where almost like it looks worse, you look worse, it's a little itchy, it feels weird. But if you're willing to go through that, you, you'll come out on the other side and uh, and have a great beard, if that's your thing. I, I, th- I think we need a new version of the E5 book, Beard Edition. Uh, there you go. <laughs> we, 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 need, we need that. Now, <laughs> let's talk about marketing. Uh, um, sure. you, that, you, you made a career in this field and uh, you have seen the good, the bad and the ugly. Uh, You've seen trends uh, growing and falling. So we're going to talk about that. But before uh, we go there, for people that might not have context about who you are, what you do, then let's just get a bit of context about how did you get to this point? Um, so yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll try to keep this brief. So I've been doing this for just about two decades. So almost 20 years um, and I originally, my, my first exposure to direct response marketing was, uh, when I was in the fitness industry, I was responsible for growing a personal training department across multiple health club facilities. Um, I got this direct mail piece in the mail that was offering a marketing and sales system for fitness professionals, all about direct response, long form copy, I, at the time I knew nothing about marketing advertising. I thought it was kind of the same thing. I bought this, this, um, this home study course. Uh, and at the time, this is to show you how long ago this was, it was, you know, there was cassette tapes and, and like a diskette and, and printed manuals. This was pre like video online, all that stuff. And, um, and I fell in love with direct response. I fell in love with this idea of being able to craft a single message that would move uh, people to, um, to buy that you could then duplicate with hundreds, thousands of people. Mm-hmm. And so I, I called up the creator of the program and I asked him who he had learned from. That was my introduction to guys like Dan Kennedy and Gary Halbert legends of the direct yeah. response world. Um, and then I, I just dove in and I became an avid student and I implemented what it is that I was learning in the, in the, in my department across these facilities, making some tweaks to adjust it to our, our setting. I ended up growing this department to a little bit over $3 million a year, just in personal training sales became kind of my department. This department that was now driven by like direct response and marketing and and whatnot became the, 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 the golden child in this company. I ended up deciding I wanted to share what it is that 
I was doing with massage therapists to help them grow their practices. I, I, I started doing that, grew that uh, business, and then over time worked with chiropractors and then eventually entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, authors, experts, agency owners, uh, which brings me to today. Which, which brings us here uh, today. And I know you recently actually uh, released the book, The E5 Method. And what makes it different? Because uh, if you're going around, you know, you're g- every two scrolls, there is a Facebook ad yeah. to, that says, hey, <laughs> do you yeah. want to get more clients? <laughs> yeah, this yeah. Is the best marketing method that you have. And so every time I'm asking, I was like, okay, so I know that they, if I've, I've known about people using the method, you have been using it. What makes it different? Yeah, it's a great question. And so it really comes from what makes my experience and background different from uh, from all the other experts. So what's interesting is that uh, I've had, I would say certainly for the last, you know, 10, 12 years-ish, give or take, maybe a little bit longer, I've really had this unique experience in that I've had one foot in the typical traditional online marketing world when we talk about the the internet marketing community. Uh, And so I've had one foot in there and I've had one foot at the same time in the big direct response publishing world with clients like companies like the Agora companies, a $1.5 billion a year um, behemoth. And so I've been able to see really the best of the best from both of those worlds, what's worked really well in in the online marketing space and what's worked really well for these gigantic companies in the direct response publishing arena. And taking the best of the best from both of those worlds and put, pulling it together into a seamless kind of method. So it's, it's, it's really interesting because you know, when I would consult with the direct response publishing companies, I was bringing, I was filling in the gaps that they were missing from the online marketing world. And when I was working with many of the top online marketers, I was filling in the gaps that they had from the direct response publishing world. And so I realized that if I pulled these two kind of, you know, these two areas together into one method, uh, that it could serve a lot of people. And that method ultimately became the E5 method. And really to just boil it down, the simplest way to kind of encapsulate it, it's just a process. It's a framework for engineering customer acquisition campaigns that work to convert cold prospects from paid traffic into buyers. And it works today. Mm-hmm. We've got, you know, I'm blessed that, you know, we've got entrepreneurs in something like 66 different countries using this in um, tons of, I mean, in almost every type of vertical marketplace that you can, um, that you can imagine from, you know, crazy things like, uh, you know, uh, weird soap all the way to, you know, coaching, consulting, all, all that. Oh, it works also for products. It works. Uh- it wor- yeah, it works absolutely for products. The only thing that it doesn't work for is that it's really, I, I should say it's not appropriate for is for the individual that may be selling a pure commodity. Like, let's say, you know, to give an extreme example, if somebody was selling a glass of tap water, um, this is not the method for them, right? Those, those people really are 
are, are just selling. There's going to be little marketing involved with that. But as long as you're not selling a pure commodity, then the E5 method is just a tremendous way to engineer campaigns that bring consistent new buyers every day. And so that's the E5 method. Let's talk about that because, uh, you know, some people that have adventured themselves, because uh, as for our listeners, we have people that have just maybe tried some paid advertisement to some seasoned paid advertisers. And the one thing that everyone gets around to do is like, how do I convert a cold, <laughs> a cold lead that comes more sometimes can be non-qualified to actually making a purchase? And there is so much complexity in the system sometimes, like on the front end, because now you're dealing with the advertisement, with the platform that you use to place ads on top of dealing with your own backend and the conversions that your funnel will have. So yeah. let's start looking at the evolution of paid advertisement in this case, in the paid, in paid marketing. What was working before that is not working right now that some people are still doing? Yeah. So what I would say to answer that question, and it's an awesome question. What I would say, I'm going to answer it probably a little bit different from what you're, you're ultimately looking for. So the, the first thing is that, um, it, it, what is, is not working today uh, or is no longer viable today has a lot less to do with the tactical approach of designing marketing campaigns. Like, you know, what is, what is no longer effective today is not about like, you know, do webinars still work? Do video sales letters still work? Does long form, right? They, you know, in some capacity, in some shape or form, all of the stuff tactical stuff that used to work still works today. But the big difference is this, that the big difference is that we've seen a massive shift in the economics of customer acquisition when using paid traffic, when doing media buying, when running Facebook ads, YouTube ads, Google ads. And, and what I mean by that is that, you know, the, the cost of media has increased substantially. And so the idea of having a marketing campaign, which, for example, just offers and sells a $20 ebook, let's say, um, those days are long gone, not because you can't convert on a $20, <clears throat> excuse me, ebook, but because you need to have a, you, your, your transaction value today needs to be much higher than $20 to acquire buyers yeah. from paid traffic at scale. And so today, yeah. the game of customer acquisition is a lot more about, um, about the economics. It's a lot more about like, in other words, without going too deep in here, when you're using paid traffic, you've got two metrics that you have to be aware of. These two mm -hmm. metrics are the entire game. This is everything. It comes down to, to this for the majority of, of your folks. Number one is there is what's called CPA, cost per acquisition. Mm -hmm. How much does it actually cost you to acquire a single buyer? If you spend a thousand bucks on a Facebook ad and you acquire 10 buyers, a thousand dollars divided by 10 tells you that you have a CPA, a cost per acquisition of a hundred bucks. Yep. Well, then we have on the other side of the equation, we have the value side and, and that's AOV, average order value. That is the average amount of money that a typical buyer or an average buyer spends with you when they become a buyer. So the day that they become a buyer, how much do they spend with you? 
Well, we know that if we've got a hundred dollar cost per acquisition, if we want to break even, if we want to be able to acquire buyers for free, we need to have an average order value of a hundred bucks, meaning that every sale needs to be worth a hundred bucks. And that is much more the game today than ever before. Like, so it used to be a game of conversion rate, meaning like the game was the the more, the more I could convert, the better. But the reality is today that if you don't have the right economic, you could have a 10% sales conversion rate on the front end and be losing money every day. You could also have a half a percent sales conversion rate and be making a tremendous amount of profit because it really comes down to the average order value, not the front end um, sales conversion rate. So does that, does that make sense? That makes sense. That makes sense. And I think that, uh, you know, if you're listening to a lot of people, they don't focus on that. They yeah. focus on, okay, how can we get uh, still on the front end? Maybe, okay, how can we get uh, a cheaper cost per acquisition? How can yeah. we get the cost per acquisition lower? And uh, I, I hear like a lot of conversation and sometimes even myself when I'm talking with my ads team, okay, how can we get the cost per acquisition lower and lower and lower? But yeah. now if we can have a different conversation of how can we, can we increase the average order value, now we can worry a bit less. And it's not that the cost of acquisition is not important, but we can worry a bit less about, okay, we need to get this for a dollar or $2, but I can spend 10, 15, 20, knowing that I'm going to get my return in the back end. Yeah. And that's, that really is what you said is, is absolutely spot on because that's the game. You know, it's been said before that, you know, he or she, the, the entrepreneur who can spend the most to acquire a customer will win, right? The, the entrepreneur who can spend the most to acquire a buyer has the biggest advantage. And so the reality is, is that while we certainly want to minimize our cost per acquisition, but it's important to recognize that lowering CPA is the most difficult part of making any campaign work, right? Because there there are only two factors that, that contribute to lowering the CPA. Number one is getting cheaper um, traffic, paying less per click. The reality is, is that, um, that traffic has a value. And that value is determined by the marketplace, similar to the way an ounce of gold is determined by the marketplace, right? And so ultimately there is a value based on competitors and based on bids um, for what that traffic is worth, right? And you have to be very careful that you don't simply look for cheap traffic because not all traffic is created equal. So, right, just Mm -hmm. like the, the reality is this, like, look, you know, you hear somebody says, well, if I'm paying $3 to get a visitor, is that good? Well, you can't answer that question absent of the value side, because if you're paying $3 to get a visitor, but a visitor is only worth a dollar to you, no, that's not good. But if you're paying $3 to get a visitor and every visitor is worth $5 to you, well, then that's great. And so when the question becomes, well, would you rather pay $3 or would you rather pay a dollar to get a visitor? Well, if the dollar visitor is only worth 50 cents, and the $3 visitor is worth $5. I'll mm-hmm. pay the three bucks all day 100%, 100%. long. Because it's not about how cheap the, the visitors are. It's about the value of the visitors. And are the visitors worth what it is that it costs us to um, to get them? So yeah, the, going I remember, back to- I rem- 
I remember, yeah, sorry to interrupt you, I remember um, uh, I, I did certain, some some campaigns that I was incredibly happy. It's like, cost per acquisition, oh my God, it's awesome. Like we are getting a, re- a webinar registration for, I mean, I'm, I'm in the UK, it was like two pounds a registration. This is great, fantastic, let's do more of it. Man, it was one of the worst campaigns. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because at, at the at end of the day, right? Like, all of these people bought, like very few people actually they were potential clients. Yeah, because, you know, and that's such a great, it's, it's such a great point because what everybody needs to understand is that when it comes to customer acquisition, uh, especially when using paid traffic, right, which is the most scalable form of, of traffic. Yeah. What folks really, the, the, the healthiest perspective to take is to think like an investor, right? Because that's really what we are. We're investors. We're investing in the acquisition of assets. Those assets happen to be customers, clients. Those assets have a value today. That's average order value, what they spend when they become a client or a customer, a buyer. There is a cost to acquire that asset, to acquire that customer, the CPA. And then of course there is future value, which is the back end, right? The one month value, two month, three month, six month, lifetime value, all that kind of stuff. And so just like an investor, just like a real estate investor or an equity investor is looking at what is the value and what is the cost, you need both numbers, you need both sides of the equation. That's the same thing that we are doing. And so, right, like 30 cent clicks, 20 cent clicks mean nothing if those clicks are worth zero, right? Like it's a bad deal if you're paying 30 cents a click and they're worth nothing. But it's a great deal if you're paying $3 a click and those clicks are worth $5 to you. And so you need both sides of the equation. When I say both sides of the equation, it's CPA and AOV, right? And so my point in sharing all this, going back to your original question, is that that's been the biggest shift in um, in the game, is that the most successful entrepreneurs online today understand that it is all about that financial exchange. It's all about the cost and the value. It's not about conversion rate. And so, right, like I would rather have a lower conversion rate if that means that I'm recouping 100% of my ad spend to get clients, right? Meaning if, if it costs me uh, $3 to get a visitor and every visitor is worth $3 to me, right? That means I'm acquiring visitors ultimately for free. Yeah. My bank account is no less, <clears throat> excuse me, than it was, you know, a few days ago. I don't really care what my conversion rate is. Right. It doesn't matter what matters. Right. Because you can't deposit conversion rate like you don't get paid based on conversion rate. You get paid based on the exchange of cost and value. And, and all the rest on the back end becomes your gross profits, which uh, yep. then you can have a very scalable business as well and yep. push even more money into the machine. Yep. Uh, I remember, for example, that uh, we have a funnel which I absolutely love, which is a five-day challenge, uh, which you run called Profile Builder Challenge, teaching people how to get on media publications and so on. And uh, after running it a few times with, uh, with paid advertisement, then we realized that actually for us, every registration, uh, I think it was worth uh, 150 pound, 150 pound of registration, which was awesome. Yeah, absolutely yeah. awesome and that was like three times in a row uh we've done the fourth time the fourth time didn't work as well uh but for three times in a row it was like 150 pound of registration so i'm like i'm really happy to pay even 20 25 30 35 sometimes even 40 pound per registration because i know it's going to be worth 150 now yeah. if i can get it lower and get the same quality lead i'll take it all the time but i'm willing i'm willing to do that 
And then there are situations sometimes where the same campaign that we did, now we actually lost money from it because uh, still we still don't know actually we still don't know why that happened but I, I i love that focus on the metric and the reason another question i want to ask you sure which is uh, uh, on over which period of time do you consider the average order value because uh, th- there is then it becomes a difference between the period of which we consider the average order value to the average lifetime value right so yeah. what is the window of time that you consider that yeah. So in this context, in, in, in this conversation, for the bulk of your people, um, when I say average order value, I mean day zero. So the day that somebody becomes a buyer, when they go through your campaign and let's say, you know, you, you have your core offer, right, which is the offer that they then go to the order form to, to check out. There might be a bump offer on the order form. There might be an upsell. There might be a downsell. There might be a second upsell, let's just say. Well, what we're talking about is the average order value on day zero when people go through that campaign. So I'm not even at all taking into account in this context um, lifetime value, meaning I'm not pulling, uh-huh. I'm not, I'm not using any percentage of lifetime value of future value in this context. That's a little bit more like, well, let me, let me say this, cause this might be helpful for folks. So when one of the things that we teach clients is what's called acquisition aggression. And what that really means is how aggressive are you in what you're willing to invest to get a buyer. And there are three levels of acquisition aggression. Number one is what we call the mom and pop. This is the typical entrepreneur that has a brick and mortar business. Um, And typically the way that the average mom and pop operates, the person, the, the, the folks who don't really know direct response, don't understand our world, don't understand the difference between front end and back end and all that. They operate with a margin, meaning that if the average buyer spends a hundred bucks with them, the day that they become a buyer, the mom and pop only want to spend $50, let's say to get them right. They want to have a margin. So mom and pop, let's say their average order value is a hundred bucks. They want a margin. They're not thinking front end, back end. They're just thinking transactionally. They're, let's say, only willing to spend $50. That's level one. Then you've got level two. Level two is- I like like the technical term, mom and pop. (laughs) <laughs> the mom and pop, and pop. technical technical term from the technical that's the, the official official term yeah that's the <laughs> harvard term for the um <laughs> level two is um simply um break even this is where the entrepreneur has the average the an average order value let's say it's the same average order value it's a hundred bucks meaning the average buyer spends a hundred dollars some might spend more some might spend less in direct response we deal in averages it's let's say again, it's a hundred dollars um, average. Well, at level two, that entrepreneur is willing to invest one hundred dollars to get a buyer, right? So they're at break even. That means that their CPA equals their AOV. The maximum that they can spend or invest to acquire a buyer matches their AOV. It's equal. Their CPA and AOV are always equal. Now at level two, let me say this. At level two, they are acquiring buyers for free. They're acquiring the single most valuable asset in their business for free. They put out 100, they get back 100. They put out 100, they get back 100. They put out 100, they get back 100, right? So they're acquiring buyers 
for free. Why would they be willing to do that? Because of what you said, because they know that there is a back end. There's going to be, there are uh, the second purchase, the third purchase, the fourth purchase, the fifth purchase, month one, month two, month three, month six, and so on. Mm -hmm. And so that's why they'd be willing to acquire those assets for free, knowing that they're going to go on to be worth uh, X amount more. Then we've got level three and level three is what I refer to as the investor or really uh, uh, more appropriately going negative. So let's mm -hmm. say at level three, we still have that same $100 average order value where here at level three, we're willing to invest not only 100% of the AOV, but we're willing to take a percentage of our back end, the future value of a buyer and use that. So at level three, we might be willing to invest $120 to get a buyer knowing that the average buyer is only worth 100 to us today, meaning that we go $20 negative out of our pocket to get a buyer. But why would we be willing to do that? Again, because we know the future value of a buyer. Now, the thing to understand is this, of those three levels, who has the advantage? Level one, they're only willing to invest $50 to get a buyer. Level mm -hmm. two, they're willing to invest 100, double. They can afford to spend double to get a single new buyer. And then at level three, they're willing to spend 120 to get a buyer. Remember, he or she who can spend the most or invest the most to get a buyer has the advantage. And so in this context, for the majority of folks, and this is where we start the overwhelming majority of our clients, break even level two is a beautiful thing because you acquire buyers for free and then everything else yep. contributes to your gross profit from, from transaction two on it is all, it's all driving profit. Uh, I love it. I love it. And I uh, think that so when people that are listening and particularly if you're at the starting point is also getting used to the concept of not being scared of losing money in the front end yeah. to making sure that actually you get the right customers and making sure that actually you cannot spend your competition or you can as well have uh, those higher quality leads as well, which will take a bit more money to invest. So in that case, if you're here listening for the first time, so just get accustomed with the fact that it's okay to go negative on the first transaction as long as you have the back end. We're not talking yeah, about I would, negative I would for the say, sake of going negative, right? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I would, I would say this, that to be safe, to be fair, this is something. So I always tell folks, you should never go negative until and unless, number one, you know your metrics, meaning that you've got a business that is mature enough where you know the, um, the future value of a buyer. You know what a buyer is going to be worth to you on day 30, day 60, day 90, yep. six months, nine months, and unless you have the cash flow to float. So level three going negative, while that is the level that the majority of the biggest direct response entrepreneurs and companies operate at, the overwhelming majority of people listening, especially folks starting out, especially folks early on that maybe don't have their metrics yet nailed, don't have the cash flow just yet, they should be operating at level two, at break even. And if you really think about it, right, meaning where what you what you what it costs you to get a buyer is what a buyer is worth to you. So you there's no profit, but you you've acquired an asset for yep. free. If you really think about it, that is the way the the overwhelming majority of investors 
operate. When you buy a, when you invest in a stock, the stock has a $60 share price. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. what does it cost you? It costs you 60. So you spent 60, you've got something worth 60. And in in that context, your hope is that it's going to go up. And so right operating at break even to acquire assets is a regular and common thing for investors it's just that most entrepreneurs most mom and pop you know uh, operators have been taught transactional thinking so in their mind they're thinking i want to generate profit on every single transaction from transaction 1 on but direct response entrepreneurs understand that by doing that you sacrifice the growth of your customer base and yeah. you, you, you sacrifice your ability to acquire more buyers. Remember, the mom and pop's only willing to invest 50 to get a buyer. The, the break-even is willing to invest 100. They're willing and able to invest double what the mom and pop are. They have a tremendous advantage. They can use more expensive traffic sources. They can do more things that the mom and pop can. Their marketing can even uh, operate at a lower level, meaning they don't have to have as high of a conversion rate. Like there's just so many advantages when you are willing and able to invest more to acquire a buyer. So here's the thing. Don't think like a mom and pop, think like an investor. You got <laughs> it. There it is. Thinking. That's the switch in thinking. Think like an investor. I have exactly. one more question uh, before sure. we wrap up. Uh, the internet marketing, uh, direct response uh, marketing, uh, is a moving forward technology is moving forward uh there are new strategies new things that are popping up all the time uh, if there is a one thing that uh, you say is uh, emerging that people should pay attention to and pay attention me really take it seriously like it was uh, email marketing when there was the first dude that sent the first email or the first woman that sent the first email with the know, but what what do you predict to be that 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 thing? Um, well, so the thing that I, I definitely think is going to play a role in marketing. I'm not sure how much uh, it, it's it's not of the vein of email marketing or a a, a tactic per se, but we're definitely going to see more artificial intelligence used within marketing. I think what's going to happen, and we're already seeing this mm. um, this trend. You're going to see more of the traffic platforms uh, be driven uh, even more so by algorithms, meaning eventually we're gonna get to a point where running ads on Facebook, running ads on YouTube is gonna be, you upload a bunch of creative, you tell the platform what it is that you are marketing and the platform is gonna do the, um, the rest. And so these platforms, because of the data, because of the technology, because of the tracking, they're just getting so much smarter, far smarter than our ability to, yeah. you know, to target people and to measure and whatnot. And so I think that uh, I think we're going to see that in terms of copy and creative in advertising, in marketing messages. And I think we're certainly going to see that in media. And so I think people should certainly pay attention to the progress in AI because the first, you know, the, the folks that really are able to leverage it when it's kind of mass yeah. are going to be yeah. the, the people that uh, reap the early rewards. So pay attention to AI. Yeah. Here, you hear it first, pay attention to AI. I mean, uh, it, there is a, already like a lot of tools that are emerging and is uh, uh, and it's getting better and better year after year. It's getting better yeah. and better. We see also the changes 
that Facebook have made recently with their ads platform. That's all driven by that. So keep an eye on it. And in particular, if you're using any form of paid traffic, I think it becomes your duty or responsibility or whoever does it for you to keep up to date and not do something that uh, they, when they log in on their YouTube account or Google ads account or Facebook account, they just kind of navigate it anymore because that they are using an outdated version and so on. All right, Todd, it has been an incredible interview. I mean, we talked about uh, your beard first to get started. <laughs> uh, then we talked about uh, um, things that were working before and in particular, a big switch of thinking um, between the not being the mom and pops, but being the investor, the metrics that we need to take care of. Uh, and in particular, looking at how can we increase that particular order value that we can have so then we can spend even more so to acquire more customer and either breaking even on the front end or otherwise just having a loss, a small loss on the front end, but then making sure that the back end covers and uh, where we can get the profits. So if someone wants to dig deeper into your methodology, into the E5 method, uh, the resources that you have created, I know you have a wealth of resources. What's the best way to reach out to you? Where, where can we send uh, our listeners? Yeah, there's an awesome bundle that the team put together. It comes with a physical copy of the E5 method book, which um, is like a 300-page book covering the, the most important elements of the E5 method, a few hours of bonus trainings, um, and it's available for free if folks are willing to cover a few dollars in shipping and handling at e5bundle.com, e5bundle.com. They'll go, um, all the details are there. Well, well worth it. Um, dive into the E5 method book. And I think that you'll have a whole different perspective on how to create campaigns that drive those new buyer sales. A5bundle.com. The link is in the show notes. If you're watching on YouTube, check in the comments as well in the description uh, or watching another different platform. But otherwise, if you're listening on the podcast, get on the show notes and then uh, get the E5 bundle right now. Uh, Todd, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, uh, on our show. Uh, thank you very much. If you have to leave uh, our listeners with one final message, what would your final message be? Uh, that, you know, I think if you're new to this world, that this is all, these are all learnable skills. And so you, you know, for the new folks, if you're a little overwhelmed, if you're a little intimidated, recognize that everybody feels the same at the beginning, but fortunately these are all skills that you can, you can learn. If you're willing to put in the time, if you're willing to be resourceful, if you're willing to learn and grow, um, you can possess all the, the mastery that you need to reach whatever heights you're shooting for with your business. Uh, amen to that. <laughs> amen to that. But I remember when I started, didn't know anything about these yeah. things. <laughs> I could barely type on a Word document. So. Me too. <laughs> Me too. I, I didn't know any. I, I mean, and I, I'll tell you, and I started before there were, you know, before there was WordPress and content management systems and before it was as easy as it is today. And so it's just about, you know, it's about being resourceful. It's about recognizing like, look, you can, others, others have done this. You can do it too. This doesn't require talent. It requires being willing, committed, learning, growing, and, uh, and you can achieve whatever it is that you set your mind to. 100%. Thank you, Todd. And thank you very much for everyone for listening or watching. Until next time, always remember that together we grow exponentially. Ciao. 
Thank you for listening to Explode Your Expert Business Show. If you enjoyed the interview, please subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every week we will select a winner from the reviews that we get. So it might be you. Make sure you give us a review. It means the world to us and that's how we, we can help us grow the show. Also remember to download the Expert Business Checklist to get the roadmap on how to become an authority in your field. The link is in the show notes or you can visit gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. So it's gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. And as well, finally, if you want to receive daily support in your coaching and speaking business or explore how we can work together, join our private Facebook group, Explode Your Expert Biz. Again, you can find it on Facebook at Explode Your Expert Biz or the link is in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, remember that together we grow exponentially.